0: Hello and welcome to the Pink Bike Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Sarah and Mike for the news preamble, and we're releasing it on a Tuesday to line up with Mister Menard's big team news. If you want to skip the news and go straight to the interview itself, forward to around 12 minutes. So, Sarah, a Greg Menard interview sounds quite exciting. Do you think? I mean, people will be, will be able to listen to it. Was it? Was he open? Was it? quite candid what would you say the overall tone for the interview was
1: I think he's he sounded quite candid to me like it sounded like he was kind of disappointed with the way things ended just the timing of the way things ended with Santa Cruz but that he is pretty excited about what's gonna happen the next couple years with Norco so I, I think he was being candid with me. I don't think he was hiding too much, you know?
0: <laughs> now, Kaz, I see that you're actually wearing a Norco jumper. That's very thematically on point of view. It's good uh, to yeah, see you jumped it on
2: purpose, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we review we a lot of Norco bikes, well, you know, they, they, they always send their bikes in for view and we're always happy to swing a logo over them. They seem to really be focusing on their rider line thing. Now, there's sort of a lot of sort of nonsense kind of marketing terms that go around in mountain biking but the rider line i think is actually something they've really settled on it's, it's done really well
2: what are your thoughts on it i was just going to say it's a pretty cool concept that lots of other brands try to do but i'd say norco does a very good job of it of having their bikes like you actually go to their website and click on you know your height weight riding style and all that and they try to give you the bike that fits you along with suspension settings and that type of thing and i think that's continued to evolve for the last however many years they've been doing it which is a lot better than some companies you go to their website you can't even find the bike that you purchased theoretically
0: it's- sometimes you can't oh dude it's just when there's i don't know we always joke but it's like a david copperfield light show there's just slides moving and you're scrolling and you're like and it's like live the experience like does that mean yeah. the product page it oh it does You know? oh, God, <laughs> oh it is so. i'm experiencing
2: this yeah <laughs> give me some base settings so yeah i think that um their ride a line thing is is pretty neat
1: yeah, Greg said he was really excited about just going onto the website and knowing exactly what his settings were. <laughs> yeah, <goodness. laughs> How good no more him, puzzling. What if they made him do
2: that? Like, Greg, you have to use Radeline for your bike this year. This is the answer.
0: <laughs> now we've also seen some other big news, and one that's particularly close to my heart this week: Orange appointing or intending to appoint an administrator. Um, this is we. I mean. Where you come from probably depends how much this really, I suppose, bothers you, how much you're interested. But as someone from the UK, they're a really common bike, and it's quite strange. I, I hope that this is one of those sort of uh, administrations that are about making the company more secure for the future rather than kind of stripping it down. Um, Sarah, we've seen a lot of this kind of in the last year. Um, do you think we'll, we'll see many more over the next 12 months, or do you think we're kind of you know the the sort of the fat of the industry is being trimmed to such a, such a point you know guerrilla gravity orange i mean there've been countless others as well do you think this the the rate of the demise of these established bike brands will slow what's what's your take on it
1: i mean i'm hopeful um that we've seen the worst of it but at the same time there's some bigger brands that i think maybe are also in having difficulties as well so um I don't think it's the end of you know the brands going having troubles right now but i'm hope i'm hopeful that things are are looking up it's Um, kind
0: of some of the sales that brands have on don't maybe give you so much confidence you know when it's extreme maybe sort of not just but sales like buy one get one free you think oh that's probably reflective of a trying to achieve something
2: quickly (laughs) Yeah. And it also depends what they have next to, you know, if you're, you're selling everything at a deep discount, maybe that helps you kind of clear some books, but then your next model has to be good. Or if yes. you don't have anything mm-hmm. else coming, then you just have empty where you're just kind of done. So I think that's going to be, that's where the bigger companies kind of have the advantage. They might be, are losing some money on these sales now, but hopefully their next models, they can adjust and and do it. But yes, yeah, it's, it's hard times for the the small to sized companies, I'd say.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I remember you guys asking for a for an orange bike for review in one of the pink bike podcasts. Yeah, so I we know why I you're, know. We tried you're not so getting hard. that I one want, right I now. Him too. I wanted Henry
2: to get his dream bike, and it just it, 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 it's really it's promising. A, it's a struggle,
0: I know. It was really promising, and then basically, I might be going home next month actually just to visit family. And I said, I can collect it in person. I could have my dream day at the orange factory. It's gonna be yeah, beautiful. And now, I mean, oh, you know, hopefully really something bad. can still happen. I'm sure um, if they're keen, I, I definitely am. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. And um, let you build your own. Oh, man. when How, <laughs> how much more are we talking?
2: Jokes.
1: No jokes. <laughs> 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 to, I
2: do like Orange. For the record, I like Orange and I like that they've stuck with their thing. It's just, I've always liked that they exist. But they are easy to make fun of just because of various reasons. But I do feel bad. For them. I mean, hopefully they can sort it out.
0: But there's, there's a point when, you know, and Kaz, I'm sure you have had this many times. When you're testing a bike and it's got loads of wackiness to it none of the things really work it gives sort of a you know it feels like everything you come on every novelty is a problem and you're just there and it's raining and you're in the woods and you're just pissed off and you're like what i would give for a single pivot made mm-hmm. you know just just to be super simplistic relatively good angles if they could have a water bottle in, i would have had one years ago now they can so yeah, it's, it's the perfect bike."
2: <laughs> totally, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I remember, like in those those Woods back in the day, I was like, the Ooh. like looks of those too. You know, just like there's something that like, you look at it, you understand it. Like, all right, this is going to work this way, or at least it's <laughs> it's very simple. No, not in a bad way. I mean, just so, like it's it's almost like a it's no, so basic that it, I like the idea of it. That one big bearing, like all right, I'm going to have to replace two bearings at the end of a season, maybe. Instead of mm. if you look at some bikes, there's 18 different bearings, or that the Atherton I reviewed recently, I think there is 18, 19 bearings in it. That's a lot of bearings to replace. So, good yeah. god
0: um we yeah. also saw uh Thibaut de prella signing onto canyon um it feels weird to have this much excitement around racing i know it's like when all the contracts get released and yada yada yada, but the first world cup is quite a long way away it's it's a strange thing it's like episodical now we see we get the big news yeah and then we it goes and kind of lies dormant for like five months and then eventually we're going to get to the racing um this year is notable i think for you know going to some new venues poland's super super cool not as many north american rounds possibly as um as could please could please some members of the pink bike audience myself included um but uh, i hope hopefully that looks really really good um now kaz how many days did you ride in 2023
2: um. Oh, yeah. I Should look at my thing. It's like, like two sixty-seven or something.
0: You're two six. That's pretty good. Because yeah, how many days? For instance, Sarah. I mean, you had many more important things going on in your life. How many days would you say you rode in 2023? And how much would you like to ride in 2024? Perhaps.
1: Oh, I didn't actually check my stats, but it was definitely less than usual, but more than you might think. Oh, nice. Although I did at one point. I was I was straving my uh, stroller walk, so you know just Sweet. to keep up the uh, <laughs> <laughs> keep up my stats. But I didn't say they were mountain bike rides, so you know <laughs> that's such a squamish mom um, thing.
0: Like, got a strava though, yeah, the yeah. stroller. <laughs> yeah, I'm like still
1: this... alive, guys. I'm still alive, even though I'm not riding my bicycle. Am like I st- walking? Are there strava
2: QOMs? Can you get like the fastest time to the grocery store?
1: Oh well, you know. <laughs> I I mean I don't think they're walking QOMs, right? You can um, do running and yeah and other sports like Nordic skiing. I've got I've got you know some segments and stuff but i don't know about walking if that's like a competitive thing on on strava but uh i'd say like i usually try to ride at least four times three or four times a week usually like not maybe not year like in the winter i'd say i'm maybe not as good about going out
0: but we're so lucky though hey it
1: depends on the weather you know but yeah i definitely try to do something four times a week whether it's running or biking outdoors like
0: I mean, speaking yeah. of the weather, I can't, I love talking about it. I'm British. I can't help it. A special <laughs> thanks to the pink bike users who got me out of a ditch on Saturday, a big old ditch in my crappy uh. Toyota. I was beached big time and it was so embarrassing. There's <laughs> oh, no they were like,
2: the <laughs> tires aren't cutting it. Oh no, it was so <laughs> bad. Basically, uh. I was trying to reconsider it and
0: let other people pass. And then the actual edge of the road stopped and it was just like perfect. Oh, powder. But obviously slide. you couldn't tell. And it went in like wheels off the ground. It was so Were you going up to the university? Was that?
1: Were you going up to the university? Yeah, I was going up to go shred
0: some powder. It was, honestly, it was a very exciting day. And yeah, I came (laughs) back the next day and rode bikes. And I was like, it's so nice how I can just do this for my house. And there's no ditches involved. It was great.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Was the person that told you out out excited? Because a lot of people have those winches. They don't get to use them a ton. Were they like really excited about how to winch you out? He was,
0: yeah, I think he enjoyed it. I mean, because yeah. also because my car is like, it was so fucking in there and the car is so crap and low value, the only way was up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if he couldn't get it out, I would just come back in spring.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just light that fire and just leave it. <laughs> like, if it was
0: like, a, like, if I was quite precious, I imagine it'd be quite nerve wracking if it was like a brand new mm-hmm. Beamer or something. But I was like, have yeah. at it, bud. And then we got it stuck on a massive rock and then we kicked the rock for ages. It was quite fun. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. yeah something good about
1: that <laughs> did you go skiing in the end or, uh... i did yeah
0: and it was you know in mountain biking we complain about bikes not having a drop a seat post that's long enough and we have to get out of four with Alan king go through the rig morale of dropping a seat post it is nothing mm-hmm. compared to transitioning on skis oh my <laughs> god what a joke <laughs> oh, yeah. i, I couldn't to believe i'm yeah. never going to complain again about fucking yeah, yeah. droppers you weren't like short.
1: schemo style just yeah, like ripping them off yeah. when you're still still standing oh. you know you had to yeah it we'll teach you
2: ended. the cool guy moves henry please it just <laughs> at honestly, least you didn't have a split board when, when you go to split boards it looks like they're trying to put together like an erector set they got like little tiny things and it's all like frozen and yeah that's means better
0: yeah honestly we are so lucky in mountain biking like the dropper seat post <laughs> changes everything. And then sometimes yeah. you're skinning up and you've got like a little, like kind of descent to a little undulation. And you're going down, you're like, oh my God, I complain that a dropper seat post compromises my riding when it's anything less than like 240.
1: I have a great sport for you. Go on. Cross country skiing. You go up and down and you don't even need to transition. Honestly, it's great.
0: I reckon I'm just the kind of person that would love cross country skiing. I'm not rad. Would. Yeah. I yeah. like the no. the cardio side. It just looks scary going down more than anything. Those it, boots. It is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no support but it's pretty fun you should try it something go out yeah. to like manly park or something it's actually a good time yeah, yeah. no
0: i i would love to i'd love to i think yeah. sarah would love to see me eat shit time and time again as well so i'm perfect. excited
1: for this although I, I wish i'd seen you transitioning oh. taking your skins <laughs> yeah. off and then like the, the skins top. like wrapped
2: around his head and just
1: <laughs> that's like, what <laughs> i'm imagining. do not get like them. glue everywhere don't, get <laughs>
0: glue. don't you know don't get snow on the underside of the skins it's like we're covered in snow snow is everywhere like what ridiculous like oh anyway yeah. let's move yeah. on because Great. i'm gonna get really worked into it so we hope you enjoyed this interview thank you sarah for putting it together and yeah let's have at it
1: So, Greg Minar, thank you so much for coming on to the Pink Bike Podcast and with some pretty exciting news to share this time around. But before we get into that, where in the world are you today and how's your day been so far?
3: Hey, Sarah. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, I, I'm in South Africa and it's uh, there's a massive storm going on behind me. It's um, We get these tropical storms coming through and I think you might have just seen some flash of lightning behind me. But um, yeah, it, it's been so weird. I've, I haven't been able to ride. The, the forest is absolutely drenched and you know, the, this, this forest that, that I grew up riding in it is it's, as soon as it's got any kind of moisture on it, it's like absolutely treacherous to ride it. And so, um, it, it just, it's just clay. So you, you go nowhere and you just get clogged up and uh, it's, it's not ideal. So, um, I'm, I'm waiting for the, I, I believe in the next couple of weeks, it's going to dry out a bit. And, and so I'm excited to get riding again.
1: So are you spending most of your winter in South Africa then?
3: I am. I, right now, it doesn't feel like the best choice because of the weather. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I always enjoy coming back back to home. You know, we've got the bike shop here and and a few things going on. So it's um, it's it's always good coming back.
1: So you're spending your days uh, strength training and indoor cycling. Then what are you what are you up to? Well,
3: you know that's why I ride quite a bit on the road or on on gravel bike. You know, it's. Um, if I can get out in the morning, the roads are wet, it's not too bad. But, um, in the afternoons when the, the storms come, I mean, it's, there's no, there's no point even going out. So, um, you know, I actually snuck in a bit of a mountain bike ride on Saturday and that was the, the first ride, um, in the last couple of weeks off road. Um, so, so that's, yeah, we, we actually had one day of sun last week. So it's it's been an incredibly tough time of the year.
1: Wow. So usually you've said that you'd don't spend that much time on the downhill bike in the off season, but I'm imagining this year is a little different with your your big news that you're riding on a a different bike. So you're going to be signing for you signed for Norco bicycles. Um, yeah. I guess let, let's get that into that first. Like, when was that contract finalized, and how impatient have yeah, been to get the news? That's probably the most though. exciting
3: thing. I think people want to know more about this than the weather in South Africa, right? <laughs>
1: Just easing you into it, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, well, January 1 um, is officially the start date. And uh, that's why we've had to wait a little bit to release it. I mean, there's been a bit of teasing and, and a few things going out, but we're just really waiting to make sure that um, everything was, was ready to go.
1: So, at what point during the season did you find out that you weren't going to have a ride with the Syndicate for 2024 and that you'd need to find a different team?
3: Yeah, so that all kind of happened, you know, a week after Montenang, which, you know, was already quite late in the season. I mean, I think that was the middle of October, um, and and so so that's when that all came about. And um, yeah, I was a little stressed, you know, I didn't expect things to go that way, and uh, but yeah, I was super fortunate to to land up where I am with the, the opportunities that I've got.
1: Um, so like, what was that process like from the moment after Mont Saint-Anne that's like mid October, Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving is, uh, typically oh, right. around uh, then, idea. um, when, when we watched you guys live. So that was pretty cool. The colors were just incredible. I'm not oh, sure man, it, was. it was a beautiful them.
3: time of the year. I think we got a little bit lucky with the weather, but I mean, Mont anne mm-hmm. was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've got a, a friend of mine actually ended up, uh, Working with Norco, I've worked with her at Oakley for quite some time now. She's gone into um, to be into the marketing team at at, at Norco, and and I was just bouncing a few things after I had uh, learned the news, and, and she just said, "Well, why don't you come over here then?" Um, and I was like, "Well, really?" And I was actually not too sure, you know I, I i must I must be honest, I did have my reservations, but as soon as she told me about this this engineering team and and the, this not just any engineering team, I mean. I've seen, I haven't seen anything like it in the bike industry and, and, uh, that got me a little excited going like, wow, these guys actually have done some homework, they know what they're doing. So this could be super interesting. So, um, that really got the the ball rolling and that got me excited to, to, to see what opportunities I could have with Norco.
1: Um, so let's talk a little bit about that engineering team. Like what, what was it that appealed to you and how many people are there and kind of, how is it different from what you've experienced for the last well, several years. You know,
3: I, I, I don't know how they kept it so, like they've kept it a secret for so long. I mean, <laughs> you've got David Cox who leads the whole team and he comes from McLaren. I mean, that's quite impressive itself. Um, the, the fact that the mountain bike industry has managed to lure in guys from from the motor industry is, is quite impressive because normally it's the other way. You know, normally it's um, the motor industry poaching at all the top engineers from the mountain bike industry. So to, to have that in reverse was... was Pretty special, and and then to, to meet the rest of the guys, you know, um, they got uh, Colin Ryan, who's like an incredible, incredibly smart engineer he works so hard on suspension. With you know, he's got dynos and all this um, suspension uh, data that he just absolutely plays and loves with and, and enjoys, and has just got tons and tons of data on suspension and all kinds of bikes. I mean, having a, an in-house suspension guy is—I've never heard of that. Uh, and so to me, that was really special that you've got a guy who, who knows about all kinds of suspension, um, who's in-house working on the bikes. And then there's, there's Adrian Ward who, who spent, you know, seven years in formula one. Um, and he's, about. I mean, I'm just going like, wow, you know, this is something that, that I can work with. You know, I, I really like pushing the boundaries and, and I've, I found like in the, In the last five years, there's been like a super hard push to this trackside assistance into downhill. So trying to take as much of the risk out of the racers' hands as possible. So like giving them the absolute best chance um, to perform. And like no better way to incorporate what these guys have from other industries and bringing that into and and combining it with my knowledge and then giving this to, to the future of Norco racing. I mean, it's brilliant. You know, we've got two really strong riders, Gracie and, and Lucas. And, um, I want to try and build this, uh, platform of, of real high performance from, from all, all levels, from team structure and management to trackside performance and to technical base as well. And, uh, and then I also want to test it out myself because I feel like it, it if it can work for others, it, it could be something that could be really cool for me. And, you know, I need all the help I can right now to, to have a, a good season. So, um, <laughs> I, I think I'm a, I'm a good, uh, guinea pig for this.
1: Nice. So are some of those engineering staff going to come to each race round? Are you working with them in the off season? Like, how are you going to get up to speed on the, the new bike and the new program?
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I went for, I have tested the test of the bike and the bike's incredible. You know, the, it's, um. Again, it's, it's, it's something that I, that you don't see often. And in fact, I, I don't, I'm not sure there is another bike that can have like, in, you can independently change features on this bike from like, um, the, the, the position of the idler to how the kinematics work of the bike to, to adjusting the, the shock rate, making the, the shock linear or, or more progressive or head angle, every single movement of this bike is isolated. So if I want a lower bottom bracket or I want a slacker head angle, nothing else on the bike will adjust so everything's independently adjustable which you know for me it's great you know so um if, if someone says like you know how are you gonna get on with the bike i'm not too bothered you know give me a few test sessions and i'll be able to adjust that bike to exactly what i want so i'm pretty confident it's going to work out really well
1: so i guess you've been pretty lucky i would say not to have to change too much in the off season like some riders are changing every you know, year or two, they got new frames, they got new suspension, they got new tires, components to work with. Like you haven't had to do that in quite a while. So, is this new process exciting? Like, what's it been like to deal with like so many changes coming at with at you before the, the race season?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of changes, they Sarah. It's like when, when I when I first chatted to um, Sean, the CEO of Norco, um, he, he you know, his he said to me like, I, I want to I want the 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 best team in the world on the fastest bike. So we're not going to align ourselves with any, com- any kind of, any other component brands, we want you to pick what's the best components and what's best for the bike to make the bike as fast as possible. And I was like, well, wow, that's like a, quite a unique approach to racing. So, um, that sounds cool. And, uh, and I'm in, so, you know, we we we're going through the process. Not, nothing's not, not a, nothing's really solidified just yet. Um, you know, still we, we ran quite late and obviously running quite late. So, um, th- there's going to be a lot of change, um, but it's going to be a bike that I feel is going to be super competitive and, and, you know, without any limitations of, of brand alignment.
1: I was looking at the the teaser video, trying to piece together what the heck was going on there. It looked like the bike had Fox suspension. Is that going to be the case? Have you determined that yet for sure?
3: Yeah, so we went through um, we went through a few different variants of suspension. Yeah, you know, we we had Shrido and um, you know the I ended up on Fox and, and it's not because Geordie works there. Um, you know he does count. He seems very pretty cool. I mean <laughs> sorry.
1: He seems pretty cool from, you know, all the no, he's all the good. video. No, work. He good.
3: He, he, he's, in fact, I mean He's a great actor because, you know, he's super helpful. He just acts really grumpy on, on TV. And, <laughs> and so, but, you know, we had to try it all and, and we want, and, and so that's the first kind of um, the first step we had to figure out what, what suspension we're going to be on to then understand what drive chain and brakes and everything else. So um, I had to give everything a fair chance. And, you know, I, I, I learned to Fox and Fox was um, the fork that I felt the most comfortable on for, for various reasons. And I, you know, I, I was super super impressed with everything else, but just the handing on the Fox fork really—I felt really um, separated from the rest. So uh, we're going to stick to Fox, and and all the rest of the stuff we we're still working through and, and figuring out our partners.
1: And so, is it going to be kind of that previous syndicate style, where you have different sponsors for Gracie and for Luca? Are you all going to be on the same sponsors kind of across the board this year?
3: Um, definitely through the bike, we are. Um, gear, gear and everything else, um, that's, that's also been worked out right now. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, unfortunately, everything just ran so late. It's, um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, we, we, I, th- I guess that's just a part of, of, of what ended up in the season. You know, the season ended up going into October and, and so, um, so everything else got pushed a bit further and then, you know, obviously, you know, we got Thanksgiving and in, in the U S and then, you know, there's the holidays and the rest of the world and, and everything kind of stalls out. So it's, it's been a, it's, it's been a tough period, but, but really exciting at the same time.
1: Do you think it was better kind of doing those last races, knowing that they weren't your last with a syndicate or would you have preferred to know kind of in August that you needed to start looking for a team? Like, do you think that kind of changed the dynamic um, at all within your re- racing? Yeah. Season? It would
3: have been nice to know, but earlier, I mean, that's always, you know, sooner the better. Right. But, um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I, you know, it's uh you know how it went out is, is how, how it happened and you just got to deal with it right and you know it's um just got to keep moving forward
1: yeah did you always think that you were kind of going to retire with the brand and kind of have a, a legacy with santa cruz bicycles or were you kind of yeah, thinking I, you might eventually
3: I, yeah I, I always thought i'd you know I, I thought i would um continue with santa cruz and and that would be my brand um that that obviously was what, you know, what, what I thought it's, it's not the, obviously not the reality. So, um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's just one of those things and, you know, an opportunity like this would have been missed if, if I had. So flip on, I'm, I'm really, really lucky and, and excited for, to being able to, to partner with Norco. I mean, it's, uh, I've, I've always wanted to get my hands dirty in the team and I feel like I've got a lot to bring to the table to, to really push the performance on in mm-hmm. racing. And, um, I think combined with with what Norco has as like an engineering team and, and a the team that they've got, I think we can come up with something that can really challenge the likes of like the Specialized Gravity Group or or the you know um, the Commensal Markov team. I mean, I, I see those two teams as as really like leading the way in in, in team structure and 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 support to the riders, and I, I think we can absolutely. Not try and match what they do because I, I don't believe you can. You can see what someone does and try and copy them. Uh, it never works out, you know. You don't know their their objectives and, and what their goals are and why they're doing what they're doing. So if you try and copy them, you always you're never going to get it as right. So I think we'll come up with our own way on on how we can support the rider, how riders can understand each segment a lot better and and find out where they're losing time, where they're making time. Um, and so that's uh that's exciting to me. Um. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's really a, a really cool opportunity.
1: Um, so on the syndicate, you were on a team where there was four riders every weekend who could be winning pretty much. Like, are you looking forward to being kind of more of a, a leader on the team where you have stuff that you can maybe bring to Gracie and Luca or do you kind of like that having people who could beat you every every weekend and having the direct competition? Some of your main competitors on your team. Like, how do you think that'll be different? And kind of what are what was that like last year? Yeah, I've
3: never actually thought about it or, or looked at it that way. Sorry, is my computer just making loads of noises all of a sudden? No be able to change it. So yeah, I, I've never really looked at it that way. I think um, it's more of the the position that i would be asked to to fill from the from the team's perspective. You know. Um, Syndicate, I was just a racer. Um, there, there wasn't much more I, I you know, was able to add or, or try to add. Um, but I've really been brought into to kind of build this team and, and create a, a World Cup winning team and, and to give this platform um, to the other riders to use to excel. You know, the, the, this isn't about... Um, this isn't really about me racing. This is about me setting up this team. I think it's it's, it's more of a future project. It's more of of the future of Norca. We've, we've got young, talented riders coming in through through the ranks, um, and, and so that that's that's exciting. It's you know I, I've I haven't not that I've strayed away from it, but I haven't really been a, been in in the position. Or maybe put myself in the position of, of supporting riders and, and helping riders through bulk Cup racing uh, to a certain degree. You know, I, I put a lot of development into South Africa. Um, from for the last fifteen years, we've been running gravity events here, and 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 that's been an area of focus that I've put into. But now, been, this is kind of a an area where we haven't really doubled. I haven't put all my experience into, and 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 that's cool. I mean, it's it would be a shame after. Twenty odd years of World Cup racing to to not be able to put all that knowledge into into action and and, and he has a he has a, a blank canvas to to build his team to to pick staff and and individuals that I think can really support the riders and help the riders excel and um, I think I, I really I really have a good feeling about it I really feel that 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 Lucas and Grace are really going to excel on on this platform and and you know and, and then at the same time. This to me is, is a dream setup, you know, and, and so to be able to experience that and make sure that it works a hundred percent how I feel it should be working, um, and implement it. I think that's, that's, that's going to be really good.
1: So have you kind of got a team manager lined up or mechanic, physio, like what, how are you piecing that together? Yeah, so we, people we're that-
3: piecing it together. So, um. I'm bringing in Tom Duncan, who who helped me out for the last half of of 23. Um, Tom's an incredibly experienced guy. Um, He he works well with the engineers. He speaks their language, and and that's super important. Um, Tom's gonna mechanic for me, but his main goal is is, is more on a performance side for the team, and we'll continue through that. I, I think they gave him a position of like, Uh, technical track side or or something along those lines. So Tom's going to lead the way. Um, Then Gracie and and Lucas will have their mechanics. We've got um, Alan Milway coming in as team manager. And Alan Milway, I feel, is is, uh, a very positive and and strong individual that's um, had a great track record. And um, I think, you know, for him being a team manager, he's going to make the right call for the riders. You know, he's a great trainer. I've been training with him for the last... Uh, three or four years. Um, I, I really think you can pull things together and also support Gracie in a way that um, I don't think she, she's ever experienced. I mean, Alan's been, been right there through Rachel Atherton's career. And, you know, Rachel being super successful, I think um, Alan knows exactly how to help and and um, give Gracie that platform she needs to perform. So he's going to be super beneficial on the team. Um, we have also going to have... One of the fastest engineers racing on our team. So, um, we've got one of the Norco engineers, Kirk joining the team, and he's going to be at all the races, but actually racing as well. You know, he's always wanted to have an opportunity race. He, he raced in Anne, and, uh, he's going to be, be with us. Um, he does a lot of testing for the team and, and, um, so he's very knowledgeable on the bike. So, um, that's as far as we've got, we've got, we're in the process of filling all the other gaps, but again, we run a little bit late on that, but um, yeah. I, oh, yeah. And, and, and an important part of the, the puzzle was operations. So we brought Kathy Sessler back. Um, I, I haven't met anyone who's so organized. You know, from booking accommodation, making sure cars are ready. Um, that level of organization is, is super key when you're bringing an athletes from all over the world, um, as well as staff, and, and making sure that that runs smoothly. Because the, the it's just a waste of time when you land at the Airport, no one knows what we're doing and everyone's trying to dig through emails. It's stressful and you know, everything just needs to be running smoothly. So um, Kathy's gonna gonna be in the pit running the, the back end of operations. Alan's team manager. Um, I, I think it's a it's a solid structure, as well as with Tom Duncan, it's a it's a real solid structure to a race team.
1: Wow. I mean that sounds like you've pulled together a pretty pretty important parts of the puzzle for such a short amount of time that you had, like that's been pretty busy.
3: It has been, I mean, uh, to be honest, I've, I haven't i have had many days off. I mean, we had Christmas and Boxing <laughs> Day and uh, probably uh, New Year's Eve and, and the first were, were probably the only days off, but it, you know, I've, I've, we've been pretty flat out. And, you know, if it wasn't for Gwen van Lingen really making things happen, I mean, she's got an incredible um, saying. Um, uh, what she goes, she says, uh, I won't say exactly how she says it because she goes strategy is is strategy is nothing without implementation and it's so true and so she's she's like a a super driving force behind Norka I've I've worked with her for many years but she just absolutely gets stuff done and and, uh, that that's that's really key and uh, I mean she's helped pull this team together and and obviously set up all the the marketing strategies and you know because there's a lot to it I mean when you think about a race team it's not just just racing you know we've We've got videographers, filmers, marketing strategies, and everything else just going on around and all packaged into one. So yeah, it's been a it's it's been a great experience so far, but super busy. I mean, it's it's you know, I'm, I'm newly wed, well, relatively newly wed. I mean my wife is so crazy. <laughs>
1: You're not out on your honeymoon right now. You're uh, no, I, <laughs> working hard. That's probably
3: one thing I missed out on. You know, we had planned to go on honeymoon, um, uh just just after the season but but when the news broke to me i mean it's it's pretty stressful uh when things went down so that's one thing we had to kind of cancel and um i don't think she's fully forgiven me yet but you know i I think it's better (laughs) to get team sorted and everything else um trying to go on honeymoon when when you're not quite sure where you're gonna be racing or or where you're representing um won't be much of a honeymoon.
1: Yeah, definitely. So maybe next year you can have a, a double honeymoon in the off season if you <laughs> I mean, you got, it, you got a year, year to make going, it up.
3: I don't think next year is going to cut it to the <laughs> Um
1: and, and is it a multi-year deal that you've signed with? Yeah. Like so,
3: we... you know, we, we kicked it off with three and mm-hmm. um, I think that's cool. You know, it's, I don't have any pressure of when to stop because I actually, you know, as much as I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of nearing my retirement of racing, I, um, last year just didn't really go to plan. You know, I had, I had some issues along the way, which, which were unexpected and and we were trying to work through them, but, um, it just, there was so much pressure going, you know, I'd love to have had a decent race at world champs. I mean, to me, that was, that was impressive. Like that Fort William go to world championships, what a race. I mean, I love racing there. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been good to me over the years. I was ready for it. And, uh. Man, and I just, you know, I stood in that start gate with a minute to go and I didn't have my bike. And I was looking down that start chute, waiting for my bike to be ready. And and it was probably about 30 seconds to go when my bike got past to me. And I was like, you know, let's just try and make the most of it. But, you know, you, your head's not in the game. You, you're you trying to focus, but when you're trying to focus, you should be focusing. So it's, it's you know, and I, I just ended up, um unfortunately blowing a tire off the rim further down and, and, and that just, you know, it just, it would have been a lovely way for me to finish my career, but, but there were bigger things going on. You know, we had a a change in, in, in the whole, um, you know, uh, discovery taking over the whole schedule changing. We had a new bike launch. So it was, there was, there was a lot going on and, and, and the pressure going to there was immense and, and it just didn't work out. And, and so I was, i just i just felt like i i didn't have a lot of fun in the season it was it was tense it was stressful i I wasn't getting the testing in that i needed um and so it wasn't a way i wanted to finish racing so it's uh i'm enjoying racing i love racing i felt i knew i had the pace um i just didn't really a lot of things just didn't really go to plan and uh so i you know it's not that i i, I was set to to retire once I win a race or you know i'm i you know that's probably not going to happen. Well, who knows if it does happen? I, I feel like it could happen, but that's not when I want to retire. I want to retire after a great season. You know. And when, I'm, when I say a great season, I just want to have fun. And uh, I, I can tell you last year wasn't, wasn't a lot of fun. It, there was just a ton of stress. So there, there's no pressure for me to retire, um, but I'm definitely going to race this year and I'm not quite sure how many more I'll go after that. Um, but, but this is kind of a multi-led partnership. And it's, uh, the, the focus is more on the future and it's more for building this team for the future. And uh, me just being the, the the crash test dummy, making sure that this team is run to <laughs> and works like like a racer needs it to work.
1: Right. So, so, so what are some of those things that you're hoping to bring over either that the syndicate did well or you mentioned like come and sell m- muck off and specialize, like what are the kind of things that you're hoping to kick off the season with as support for, for the team at the Norco factory racing team?
3: Yeah. So I think we're going to start off with the level support from, from the engineering and and from Norco itself, you know, Adrian Ward brings like a load of experience from, from high level motorsport and um, you know, that's going to filter through. So, so how we prepare as a team, how we, how the mechanics have preparation with bikes, you know, um, one thing that we came up with is we shouldn't be setting up, you know, if something happens to a brake line or, or, um, or one of the brakes there's no real time to recable a breakthrough. we're going to have everything dialed that it gets shipped out multiple brakes sets that the team can just put the brake set back on the bike so the, the, you know this whole bike is also built to racing so you know and I know a lot of people like internal cable routing, but it doesn't work for racing you know when we need to change a brake we should have another brake line ready set up so the brake line just gets put onto the bike not, threaded through rebled it, it just creates a lot of stress on the mechanic and and right now in World Cup racing there's no time for that so that's one of the things we're going to eliminate the process of how we we um, uh, get stuff set, set up and filter through from into the into the race support so making sure like little things like brakes and that are all all set up and, and just being really organized and really prepared for for racing um, that, that's one of the first things we're looking at. We, we're looking at also um, video overlay and how we can use video overlay. Um, I've, I've worked a lot with uh, using GoPros actually, and and um, I think we've we've come up with a way where we can use that in GPS tracking to, to have a more accurate um, insight on where riders are, what they're doing through each section. You know, we get a time section to say we're two seconds slower than, than a rider or quicker. There's 30, 40 corners or maybe not 34, 20 corners in that sector. So which one of those 20 were we slow in? Was it the first one or was it the last one? You know, and it's so funny when you see a video overlay, you can see exactly where you lose the time and exactly where you make the time. And so that's really important for a rider. If you know you slow in a sector, you need to know where in that sector you were slow because that sector is big um, mm-hmm. and, and being able to break that down. So it's really hard for us to, to have trackside overlay. Throughout the whole section, for sure we can see which section's quicker, and you'll see a lot of teams have have guys filming on the side of the track, um, showing well, there's a new line, or, or there's another line, but it's not really accurate data. It's not saying that line is faster for you. It's just Amazing. going, well, we think it might work, try it, and and mm-hmm. to me that's not good enough. I, I want accurate information from the from the side of the track to tell me whether I'm in the right line or whether I'm in the wrong line, and that's going to that's going to like make it simpler for the rider to just focus on racing. And that to me is important. So we're going to try and eliminate as much as we can off the racer so that they can focus on the line that they know they need
1: to be on. Yeah. It seems like the the French team at world championships always does a really good exactly. job of
3: that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the French are, the French have been very leading in it. And, uh, I think that's why you see like specialized gravity, you know, they've got a great setup. I mean, uh, Luik and, and Finn and Jordan, they they know exactly where they need to be and, and it makes such a big difference in racing i mean look you look at the results it's uh, it's clear and mm-hmm. and you know the markov commensal team were, were pretty uh, pushing pretty hard on that too um, i don't know exactly how the operation runs i mean i've seen a ton of guys on side of the track and um, but i feel like we can come up with a solution and i feel we can come up with something that if not levels it, maybe is a, a little better. So, so that's the aim. I mean, that's where we, that's where we're pushing for this team. I mean, it's uh, everything's pushed and 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 driven. I mean, the whole culture of it is is racing and performance, and and that's important. You know, if you've got that that uh, culture of performance, it, it will ooze out into into the racing.
1: Just going back to the th- you said you got your bike thirty seconds before the start at World Championships. Like what what happened there that it was so late? Like where was your bike? <laughs>
3: So you know, Fort William rains, funny enough. And uh I was um, warming up and, and we normally run like a, an extended visor, um clear visor, just to, to stop the rain coming into the goggles to help with, with to help with visuals. So um it's uh I I I decided once the rain had come that it was best for me to go to that visor which we didn't have at the top of the hill. And then it um I use an extended mudguard just to also stop all the, the rain splash up and you know it's for Williams not super muddy and, and so the track's actually pretty good in the wet um but it's 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 all the the rain and the droplets going onto your goggles that's going to slow you down because as soon as you've got to pull a tear off you're going to lose like half a second to a second so if you can eliminate that down to like one tear off or, or one roll off you're doing good you know so um we do everything to try and do that so it was just trying to. We had a mechanic come up from from the bottom of the hill with the mud guard. Um, came up with a visor, and uh, but then there was no mud guard, so then the mud guard came up, and then we had moved to the start hut. But we had no tools, so they were trying to find tools and borrow tools from other mechanics, and uh, and so I just put my goggles on and try to just look down the track and focus on on the track. But uh,
1: holding your imaginary bars. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I guess, no. Not exactly my guilt <laughs> way to start a world championship.
1: Yeah. So this year, the race season is going to kick off in Fort William. What are you hoping for? Like, what, what are your kind of goals going into that? Or, you know, it's going to be the first one, but it's one of your favorite courses, right? So I imagine you kind of yeah. have high, high hopes, right?
3: Um, you know, I... I feel like if I'm going to race world cups, I need to be competitive and I need to feel competitive. And I feel like I will be competitive. Um, Testing on the bike went great. I felt really good on the Norca bike. It's, Mm. it's completely different to what I'm used to. And I actually stand quite tall on the bike. So one of the problems I have is I've got really lanky long legs. And so when I stand on a bike, I'm really lean over, like I, I pivot from my hips and and really face down. So when the track's going down, it's really steep because I'm really leaning forward. Um, (laughs) But on this bike, I'm actually standing quite tall. So I'm able to like look ahead. I'm able to relax and and attack. And that's something I've been trying to, you know, no matter how high I try and run my bars, I just can't get that sensation. And now with like a a standard handlebar height. I'm suddenly feeling like, wow, I can actually lower the bars because it feels real high. So, I'm feeling really good on the bike. Like, I, I feel like it, it fits well. And um, so going into Fort William, it's, I now fit on a bike. I feel like I've got this incredible team behind me trying to build the fastest bike and support it. Like, I want to win it again. I mean, how cool would that be to win, to win Fort William, win the opener, you know, and then really set the tone for the rest of the weekend, uh, rest of the season
1: sounds like a good goal um and if, well, I mean, you, if you're you not gonna kind of if have, you're
3: gonna be in a world cup you've got to you've got to want you gotta you believe win. you can win you gotta win you've you gotta, gotta go exactly. for the win so, right yeah we're gonna go for the w there but i mean hey, whatever right. race you enter i mean whoever's into the race you, you've got to go for the win right
1: mm-hmm. um and you said earlier if you do have that incredible season this year you've signed a three-year contract would, what would your role be in the next two years if you do feel like this is you know an incredible year. You're happy. You have the results you want and you feel like it's a good time to retire on top. Like what, what would you do next?
3: Well, I think continuing to to direct this team. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of work and and I must say like dealing with, with so many different aspects of of the team, it's, it's been a new experience, but you know, I want to continue to push the, push the boundaries here, you know, support that, support the athletes as much as we can bring up the new generation of races and then have a World Cup winning team. I mean, it's um that to me is 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 what is is the next phase. It's um yeah. I think we're gonna be we're looking hard for for riders to join join Norco. I think that's that's gonna be really cool. But we also need to, you know, I think this year is gonna be really really cool to to showcase what we have and to show the the level of commitment from from this incredible team to to push into racing. I mean, it's uh it's gonna be a, a full on uh, race environment, you know, and, and, and that's the reason we've got guys like Alan Milway leading the way with team management, because, you know, I'm, I would say, you know, deep down, I love racing. I'm very competitive, but also have possibly a little bit too much fun sometimes. So I think it's important, (laughs) this culture of racing, because if you, if you, if everything is geared to racing and you're trying to have the best performance possible, you can have a fun in and around, but everything's still peaking towards racing. And I think that's, that's super important for a team. So, um, yeah, the, the the it's going to be fun, you know, setting it up, but then leading the way and trying to also continue developing. I mean, I, I'm I'll continue helping to to make this bike as fast as possible, and um, like I said, just just support these riders and and also looking up for new talent and, and bringing new talent in.
1: So what do they say? It's almost like a a blessing in disguise because I mean, there couldn't be probably you and Steve Pete both retiring as as Santa Cruz Syndicate leaders or team managers so you've kind of created this space for yourself it sounds like that you have now a retirement plan that you can continue going to all the world cup races if you if you want to
3: <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh yeah i i i, I, I don't think it's, it's similar to steve in a way i mean steve was was running more the performance side i think this is more direct in the team and, and helping direct the direction of, of how we go going and, and bringing that culture of um, into the team, which, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's quite a bit different. So, but I think what would be similar is, you know, Steve and I are great friends and to keep continue to see him at World Cup Racing, I think that would be great, <laughs> a lot of fun.
1: Awesome. Well, I said I wouldn't go over 30 minutes, so we're already over time. So I'm no, sorry no. about that, but it's been so great talking to you. Um, I've got a couple little rapid fire questions just to finish it off, if oh, that's cool, okay. Cool.
3: Yeah, let's go for it. Okay,
1: so... Let's go for it. So uh, strength training or indoor cycling?
3: Strength training.
1: Okay. Winning World Cup overall or winning the World Championships? World Cup. Your favorite race course?
3: There's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, 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 it's, it's hard. so hard because you've got like, there's Fort William, not necessarily because of the track, but more the atmosphere and the crowd. And then there's like Montanen with the track is, is really good. And then you've got Andorra. And so that's a hard one.
1: <laughs> so three I would say the Marisburg. Three-way tier.
3: the Marisburg, South Africa there
1: we go yeah there you go that'll come back <laughs> if you if you ask for it enough um, your best year with the with the syndicate
3: 2008
1: um, the best teammate you've ever had it, it's
3: I mean how can I just <laughs> put one teammate down I mean I've had great teammates I mean going they back they me a three way
1: tie too I guess
3: <laughs> I mean pd has been my longest teammate I mean I would say uh it's, I'd have to go alongside Petey, but, man, I've had some great teammates. If you go back to, like, global racing, there was Maddie Leicoinen and and uh, Naoki Idagawa and Missy Giovi and Mick Hanna and Brendan Faircloth on Honda, Maddie uh, in there and Cyril Kurtz and uh, it's Ratboy, um, Jackson, Laurie, <laughs> Nina, um Loris, Luca, I mean, I've had great teammates. It's, uh, yeah. I, I've been
1: super fortunate. <laughs> the who's who of, uh, of World Cup racing has pretty much all been, been your teammates at one point yeah. or another. <laughs> uh, and then finally, beer or wine? Both. <sighs> <laughs> I thought you might say champagne and just you know throw in throw throw the third one there, but <laughs> awesome! Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting with you. Good luck with your training. Hope the storms pass through and you can get some more time on that downhill bike and get to that extra puzzling this off season. And can't wait to watch you come in. Yeah,
3: no, there's no more puzzling now. It's 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 all straight shooting. And uh, thanks a lot, sir. It's it's great chatting. And yeah, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it.
0: And we're back, Sarah. Again, thank you for putting that together. So, a couple of key takeaways: three years is a relatively long deal in mountain biking, irrespective of where people are in their career. Three years for Greg, who's sort of one of the elder statesmen of mountain biking. How old will will he be roughly? He'll be like what, forty two or something? When that deal I think expires, he's already
1: forty two. Won't he be forty five?
2: He'll be
0: forty five.
2: Yeah, <laughs> bloody <laughs> hell. <laughs> I like it though because I'm the same age as Greg. Well, he's a year older than me, so it gives me hope. Someday I could be as fast as him. I'm just going to get a little older.
1: You'll do a three-year. De- You're signing a three-year deal with uh, with like as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's some that's some time. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, did is there any you know clauses? Any or is it definitely for three years? Do you think?
1: I mean, from my understanding, it sounds like it's for three years. I don't think there's. It sounds like maybe there's not a clause that he has to race for three years. Like it. Sounded like maybe this is almost his last year of racing, if it goes well. I think it sounded like he's really hoping to end on a high note. And I think maybe he was hoping that that would be world championships last year at Fort William, but that did not go according to plan. Um, But I think looking for a World Cup win or another world championships win, maybe, do we dare say?
0: (laughs) That would be crazy. Imagine retiring as world champ as well.
1: I mean, it sounds like he's got big hopes of that kind of retirement, but at the same time, he's, yeah, I think maybe, I couldn't really read that part if he needed to have that result or not um, in order to, to feel like retiring, and he just loves racing, and it sounds like he's kind of now created a spot for himself to continue to go to World Cups after he decides not to be on the start line anymore. So...
0: Kaz, you're of a similar age, dare I say, although your youthful complexion wouldn't wouldn't let us know. Um, how is your relationship with Risk? You know, we saw Sam Hill kind of come back to World Cup Racing, didn't really go to plan. Obviously, Greg has been consistently a presence, so it is a bit different. But do you think you'd, tr- you'd be able to try, even if, you know, you could build a whole, pro- whole program around it, try and ride your best bike riding ever this year if you threw everything at it? That's a tough one. Like, I
2: think I... Getting older, which is weird to say, but I'm getting older, it has made me realize that you can maintain a pretty high level of riding longer than I would have expected. Like I feel like 20-year-old me would have been like 40. Oh, you can't even ride anymore. Like you're done. And then now <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it's like like looking it back at my last season. And I'm like the, you know, preface it, I'm not a racer. I'm nowhere near a World Cup level, but like just seeing the type of riding that I can do and my fitness and skill, it's felt pretty good. Like this last season, I felt like I was riding super solid and I was really happy. But I would say it feels like the edge for me, again, not for anyone else, but like the edge of my speed quite isn't quite there. Like there's times where I it can't, it's like harder, I find it harder to kind of really turn it over and like fully unleash speed. It doesn't feel like it's a fear thing, but it's just like, almost like the response isn't there. But again, I don't train specifically and stuff. So I feel like you could, I don't think Greg's washed up or anything. Like, I don't think there's mm-hmm. like, there's no, I'd, still, I'd say he still has the potential to win, but I would say that it is harder compared to kids that are in their younger twenties where it's just like, they're full of monster energy and their reflexes are super fast i do things do slow down <laughs> yeah. a little bit so uh he's got a challenge but not i mean if anyone could do it it is going to be greg
0: and as someone that reviews bikes first and foremost
2: that is the bread and butter of your job
0: yeah do you have a timeline are you going to go to 65
1: oh
2: yeah you know. i want to i mean look rc was still riding well, like yeah. hard stuff when he was working he did a field test i think he was 62 or three with us and i was like all right there we go we're set and i rode this summer i rode with um uh alan cook who works for a specialized his dad james cook is 73 and i took him on a fairly technical ride what i would call like you know as hard as a black diamond trail at a bike park or harder and he's 73 nice and he cast, did great you know? like it was <laughs> steep and rowdy and luckily was, yeah it was so good no it was great i was like you're 73 that's amazing so yeah my timeline as far as when i'm gonna be not riding doesn't have an end right now which is i like it imagine it's
0: cool. I think how good jackson goldson is at 18 imagine what it'll be like with four times that amount of experience yeah, i know if it just keeps you increasing know? like yeah, nine <laughs> yeah. old it's, better better. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy <laughs> <laughs> and that's it thank you very much for listening to the pink bike podcast again thank you to sarah for putting together the hot news of the Greg i interview and we will catch you next time